hey, hey, do you want to play this uh, new new video game we've got? It's the latest fighter. Oh, what is it? Yeah, it's it's uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers Fighters. Oh, brilliant. What, what, what sort of characters they got? Well, they got all sorts, like, yeah. See, so if you flick through, there's this one. Like, she's got, like, green hair and, and her special move is tentacles. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Are there any other good characters on there? Yeah, yeah, check out check out the blue-haired one. She's really pretty. Oh, brilliant. What what, what are their special moves? What sort of stuff can they do? Uh, she can throw out, like, articles at high speed, and uh, her special move is throwing out a book, but there's a little bit of cooldown on that. It takes a while. Oh, I, I guess, like, once once or twice in, you know, a match, maybe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She, <laughs> but even so, she just can still really bang them out. Oh, what does that other one do? Uh, yeah, she, like, throws poi around. They're, like, these spinny balls in socks thing. Oh, she got any like comedy moves? Uh, yeah, sometimes she just just make a bad pun. It's really awesome. I really like it when she, she like defeats an opponent and then she points up at the health bar and goes, "It was pleased to meet her," and then just <laughs> hits you around the head with it. That sounds like a great fighting game. It is. It is. Ah, oh, brilliant. Oh, I reckon we should play some queer and pleasant strangers, shouldn't we? Ching. Laura versus Janiac. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. What? That podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and have a catch up and do silly voices and skits That's and just try to have a bit of a giggle. Yeah. How are you doing this week, Jane? All right. You're yeah. all right. All right. It's been. I'm trying to work out what kind of week it's been. I couldn't even think. Um. Well, we had a pretty chill weekend. We yeah. spent most of it lying on the couch playing video games. Hey, there are worse weekends than that. No, it, we, we, it was a much deserved rest. Yeah, I I try and think of what I did this week, and I'm just like, video games happened. There was a lot of video games that were good this week. There was. Should we talk about those video games what we did play off? Let's talk about them video games what were good. Uh, Where do we want to start this week? I don't know. Where do you want to start? Tell me Uh, about your things. Should we talk about the one that both of us played this evening before we recorded? Alright, well let's talk about that Tetris effect then. Yeah, I've not had me VR for a little bit and i got me VR back now, <laughs> so we, we done played some Tetris effect, yeah. which is, uh, it's Tetris, it has VR support, and there's a lot of pretty backgrounds and nice music, mm-hmm. and like the, the speed changes to like, you know, change the the emotional resonance of where you are in a Tetris match. That's a good Tetris game, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. I really liked it. Yeah. I, I finished it this afternoon while you were busy working away. I've got like six levels, I think, left to Something do. Like that. But I'm, I'm getting toward the end. Yeah. Um, Did not realise how much of a difference it would make playing Tetris in VR. Like, there are some games that I play that, like, don't require VR and I go, eh, this isn't really adding anything. Mm. I don't want to play this game not in VR. No, I don't either. Which is... Odd, considering it's basically just Tetris, it's blocks rotating on a static thing. Like, there's no reason this should need VR. Um, there's no reason it should need VR, but I would say, given the way it is laid out, I if, if there was an option to resize the playing field, mm. I would much more happily play it out of VR. I... As it stands at the yeah. moment, the playing field is actually quite small on a on a standard like, yeah. l- large widescreen telly, 
and it's, it's just taken over with effects. I, I think part of it is that they... I think they built this first and foremost for VR and then created a non-VR mode because a lot of the sizing on a standard telly is so that you can see all these pretty effects going on that like you would have peripheral in VR you've got peripheral vision you Mm. can have that screen a lot closer and still see the effects yeah but at the same time I find them far less impressive not in VR oh yeah no indeed like again this game I fully believe was designed for VR like without VR it's still a cool Tetris game with really nice music and like like it's a very nice Tetris game but in VR it's this might be my favourite Tetris game. Oh, definitely. It's absolutely stunning in VR. Like, I'm almost finished on normal, and I might play a Tetris game on hard. And that's a, that's something I never thought would be me. Um, I think the, the, like, the low latency definitely helps yeah. on the VR headset. It's got, like, a higher than standard refresh rate. You're, uh, for VR, you've got to have at least 90 frames a second on both eyes. Mm. So, like... It just feels like I can process what's going on a bit faster. Especially at, at um, like the faster speed levels when you start getting to like level 13 speed drop. Yeah, that, that level 13 speed one that I did just before we came up here, I don't think I'd have done that on the telly, but in VR I was, keep, I was keeping up all right. Yeah, it did all right. Um, but yeah, like the... Here's the thing, even if those flashy visual effects going on around you are, like, sometimes I miss out on them because I'm too busy playing the Tetris well. to stop and look at them. But, like, the other thing I found really nice was being in VR, it was really easy to shut off external distractions, like mm-hmm. all the things going on that aren't your telly. Yeah. I, I found it a lot easier With one to... exception. If Smudge comes and sits on you, it can um, be a bit like, oh, ah, or if, judge me. Or if I walk downstairs and say hello, not realising you're in VR and you <laughs> jump a mile. I always <laughs> jump a mile. I'm very jumpy. Indeed. that was It was quite a spectacular jump you did. But, um, yeah, no, generally, this is, this is a really good version of Tetris. Like, Tetris works really well in VR. It really does. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I, 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 because we played it initially out of VR for like a couple of rounds each, and I wasn't feeling it. Partly, mm. but as I say, because the play field was too small, and partly because some of the the effects are so distracting. Yeah, and they're especially, less, dis- especially on that yeah. on on like that large area around the playboard yeah. and when that's all you you're trying to focus on yeah when when this small section at the middle is is all you're trying to focus on like you say having that blinkered thing really helps but in the in this way it's blinkered but still right in your focus yeah i think the other thing is because in vr you've got depth of field going on like mm-hmm. there's there's distance like when an effect comes in front of the tetris field because it's in the foreground you can sort of the, te- the Tetris itself isn't moving, so you no. can keep a focus on it. It's like, yes. yeah, I'm just watching the thing in like the middle ground. The things that come in front of you will almost feel blurred because they're not where your focal point is. Yeah, there's somewhere there's like um, like cinder effects from fires, oh. and, and occasionally you'll just get a little motive of of cinder just flying past you, and that's fine. But there's, I think it's like the second or third level in in journey mode. And it keeps firing out these big white triangles or big orange oh, triangles. Yes, yes. And I found that really distracting. Not in VR. It here's the thing. Like I, I, 
I, I think I might disagree with, uh, me and Jane might disagree on this one, but I would still say this game is really worth picking up even without VR, but like, if you've got VR, if you've got PlayStation VR, this is a must-have. Like, it's fab. And also if you want a single-player experience, because as much as I love um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, yeah, I didn't enjoy the fact that it is all versus, pretty much. Yes, I, I liked being able to just do Tetris again, like, just to be good at Tetris, not having to, like, yeah. think about, like, oh, I have to do Tetrises rather than, like, and ignore the standard line clear because otherwise I'm not attacking the enemy, and it is nice to play Tetris not in a competitive way. Definitely. Or competing against yourself and the game of Tetris. Mm -hmm. Well, the other one that I quite liked is, uh, having now finished it, I've unlocked Theatre Mode. Yeah. So for all those times, as you mentioned earlier, about how you wished you could just have a look around, yeah. you can go into all the levels. There will be no Tetris board there for you. Mm. And you can just sit and look around and, and you can speed things up or, or move there's, backwards as you like. There's also a mode where you can play with like the ability to fail turned off. Yes, where if it mode. reaches the top of the screen, it just starts over. And that, I think, might be nice to just do some casual infinite play on at some point, yeah. but... But there were certainly a few levels in there, like the the city one that you, you oh, really yes, enjoyed. Oh, yes, yes. Um, there's one near the end, I think it's called, like, Cabin or Orbit, and it's it's in, like, a, um, like a space station. Yeah. Uh, so, like, initially coming into there, it was like, where are we? This is this sort of huge, like airlocked thing and then like the last section of that you're outside looking at this uh, sort of space station hanging above the oh. earth and it's really cool with all these sort of weird um, like outline lights I, I really like that one where you start on the desert and you end on the moon yeah that's a good one oh. there's a really pretty one where you're um, just floating over like like green forests and, and canyons and there's all these hot air balloons around you oh. and you as you progress through the level you watch the sun sort of get higher and then set again yeah this is like this might be my new favorite vr title like i've seen some people put tetris effect on their game of the year lists and i was initially a little like okay now that i've played it i'm like okay i get it <laughs> i i would not judge anyone who put this as their game of the year yeah i i need some time to like i need to finish it I need to have some time to think about it, but like this very quickly got on my game of the year shortlist. Hmm. It's pretty fab. Yeah, I think I. I mean, as you said, you would disagree with me personally. I would say without the VR, it is another Tetris game. With the VR, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, without the Tetris, uh, without the Tetris, without the VR, it's a nice Tetris game with yeah. some good music and it does some like some interesting interesting inventive stuff but the vr is like that's the reason to play this like get mm -hmm. if you like if you are like a, a like a tetris nut i might even say that this would be a game worth getting a vr headset for if you are really into tetris because this changes the way i i see that game hmm. yeah it's and the music is absolutely stunning yeah i will briefly come back to that in a later section yeah that's what i was thinking that that soundtrack is is it's not all tracks that i love mm. and some of the visual like they change up the visual look of the tetris board every time and i'm not a huge fan of some of them like the cogs one doesn't really work for me oh with the windmills in the background. yeah that yeah. one i struggle with a little bit but 
Uh, actually, that's another thing we forgot to mention. I love the slow progression of the of the music and the visuals and the way it's tied to your progression through the level. Mm -hmm. That like a lot of them start almost like sil near silent with just like your movements making like little bits of notes. Yeah, and the way it like builds and builds and builds and builds into this huge piece of music is really cool as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. I very yeah. much enjoyed. Uh, what else have you played this week? What have I played this week? Well, yeah. let's see. I was playing something earlier myself. I played a bit of uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Ooh, how'd that go? Hmm. It's, um... Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's an odd little game that I'm I'm sort of describing as like a cross... It's got Bioshocky elements... <laughs> like when you die, you basically reappear at these statues, which is very similar to the sort of mm. coming out of those weird bio tank things. Yeah. Um, there is like the fact that there's one section where you're going on fetch quests. Yeah. Uh, where like somebody tells you go and like destroy fifteen of these, <clears throat> go and get three of these cogs from various places, go and do this. And it's like, okay, that's fine. And then you go back and, and you're basically putting things in a slot near a door with, um, she's quite a gal in <laughs> like that 1940s, 19, uh, sort of art deco font. Yeah. Um, and it really reminded me of sort of sections of, of Bioshock. Yeah. Just like those brightly lit doors that you were sort of focused on sometimes that you, that was where you the were heading. The feeling I got just like watching small sections of it is it's kind of survival horror-y or like sort of ho horror horror adventure, but it's all set like I really like the art style. It mm. it looks like sort of very ink. early days of ink, yeah ink, animation, ink, cartoon animation. Um, and you've got this sort of Mickey Mouse analog. Um, what's their name? I've completely forgotten now. Bendy. Bendy, Bendy, yes. Bendy the, the like... It's demon. Yes, the the sort of spooky, like, oh, I'm cute, but I'm actually, oh, I'm evil. And a lot of you... It, it did seem a little Bioshocky. The The art style was the thing that, like, caught me straight away. Yeah. looks pretty fab. Well, there's a bit sort of... Basically, you start off, you seem to have been called to this place. Like, you used to work there. Mm. You're, you're basically... You, trying to work out how to get further into the building. There's all these broken pipes. It's only two colours. The whole game is pretty much only two colours. Yeah, it's like... It's that sort of sepia tone and the black for the lines. Yeah. Uh, occasionally you'll get, like, some slightly yellow effects from, from lighting, but yeah. that, that's pretty much it. It, um, it looked stunning, but, like, it also looked, like, everywhere looked kind of similar to the point that I imagine it might have been a bit difficult to work out where you were going sometimes. It does make navigation confusing. Luckily, sometimes things are literally signposted. Okay. Um, so, like, you'll be going, like, I need to go to the art department, or I need to go to the ink machine. Yeah. And you, you'll find things away that like that way and eventually you do start to get a feel for some of the areas especially if you're backtracking few, yeah. through them a few times um there was a section a little bit earlier where it said pick a, a demon or angel door mm. and it seems that it's now shut off the demon door and i have no idea what that does for the rest of the game whether that was you know a, like a, a big important fork that will make a difference and, and make it worth replaying i don't know um 
initially it was all puzzly and that mm. was fine like okay go and find these six items around go and find these three switches so that you can toggle this yeah. other bigger switch um and then all of a sudden it just gets really really dark yeah uh, you turn the ink machine on you fall down a big hole you're chased by this demon suddenly there are these weird globby ink creatures that look like do you know that uh, that episode from Star Trek: The Next Generation, Skin of mm. Evil? Mm-hmm. Okay. But made of ink. But made of ink, and okay. and crawling along the floor at you. Huh. Uh, now near the beginning of the game, you've got uh, uh, like a uh, an axe, which is is quite good. Yeah. It's really handy. You just one bop straight in the head. It's got a good reach on it. No problem at all. And then there is a section later on where you are suddenly thrown into quite a lot of combat. And all you've got is essentially a pipe wrench. Oh. <laughs> and and it's not got the reach, so suddenly you're having to stand on things and just whack them in the hope of getting them while they can hit you from a considerable distance away. Ah. Which makes life difficult, and I'm finding that I'm just spending more and more time respawning. But you're still enjoying it, are you? I am enjoying it. I want to, definitely want to know what's going on. Um, there's this other element that kind of reminds me, again, of, of Bioshock, of the sort of Big Daddy thing. Mm. like Or or even something like uh, Alien Isolation. The Here's the big bad you got to hide from. Yeah, the big bad is coming. You can tell because, like A, the music's changed, and B, there's this sort of black mist coming across the level. And you go and sort of hide in this thing, then there's this heartbeat sound effect that comes on. And instead of being the little cute cardboard, uh, yeah. sort of uh, early animation style uh, bendy, there is this huge lumbering ink beast with this like half moon smile, oh. and like it seems to be simultaneously like, like rippling, maybe not not really dripping so much, oh. and it just sort of executioner walks along. So you're having to watch that. Meanwhile, you've got this... Uh, at the moment, I've al aligned myself with um, Alice Angel, but she also seems to be the two voice actresses that you're sort of learning about throughout the game that uh, that played this character. Okay. Because they sometimes refer to themselves as using those voice actresses' names. Mm. And then you've got like all these uh, like voice recordings that you find around... And they will tell you little bits of story. My one gripe with that is that they do that sort of um, weird equalisation effect that they do to make it sound like an old recording. Yeah. Which sometimes makes it to pick up, pick out a bit difficult. It's not subtitled, but there is like a, a like a roll of paper at one side. It's a little. It's in tiny text. I was going to say it looked a bit small to read along with. Yeah, especially if you're sitting across the room from even a, a, like a decently sized alley. Yeah. It's yeah that, that it has some down points and it's definitely very indie but like I want to know what's going on it's, with it. It's at the very least like holding your interest. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah, definitely. it's it's a good interesting indie. Mm -hmm. Lovely. What have you played? So I played something today. Ooh. I played. Um, a decent chunk of No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again, which oh. is a game that I played at Gamescom and I really wasn't feeling it. No. Um, I'm a big fan of the first two No More Heroes games, like, they're deeply flawed games. Um, 
The first one has an open world completely for no reason that is entirely empty and pointless. Um, the second one, like, the, th these games are, like, games that I love that I couldn't give more than a 7 out of 10, but I fucking love them. Mm. And the new one kind of switches away from the big presentation of the first couple of games. Like, the first few were, like, the, the big appeal was third-person action combat with a lightsaber where you fight big bosses who have overly dramatic presentation. And now it's more like indie game scale, top-down, you know, beat-em-up without voice acting and with less of that presentation stuff going on. And I've played it at a few events, and the event demos just didn't grab me. Yeah. It was a lot of of slowly moving text that was just like, I wish this was being voice acted, mm. you know, rather than being text. A lot of, like, stops to the combat to explain things to me. It just wasn't getting me. Yeah. And I played for about an hour today, like, just dropped into the game. Here, very quickly, here's a sheet with the, the controls if you want them. And then just go. Uninterrupted, no tutorials, just get into the game. Mm. And it felt a lot more fun. Like, I got on a lot better with it today. Um, It's it's one of those, like, top-down, beat-up-the-enemies that appear in waves as you go through levels kind of thing. Yeah, like a um, horde mode. Yeah, or at least, like, the level of the game I played within it. Like, there's, like, seven different types of, of game world within mm. it that will have different genres, but the beat-em-up is the one I was playing. Um... I was really impressed by the pace of the combat. Um, it took a lot of things from the original No More Heroes and just, like, turned the the speed and tempo up to, like, 11. Nice. Um, it's things like recharging your lightsaber, which you still do by making a making a jerk-off motion yeah. with the control. You wank your lightsaber to recharge it. Like, that's a lot quicker now. Um, there's next to no delay between swings. It feels like you just, like, you can be constantly swinging if you want. Um, super special moves and things like recharge very quickly. They activate very quickly. It was just a much faster paced game than older entries in the series, and I really got on well with it. Mm. Um, I got up to the first like mid boss, and it was a proper difficult fight. Like there was a lot of having to utilize dodge rolls properly to avoid attacks and getting in your hits where you can. Provided a good challenge. I really enjoyed this. Like, I don't think the demo they show off at conventions, like, does this game justice. Because mm. I've played it a few times wanting to like it and just been like, no, it's not getting me. It's not getting me. I still want it to like it and it's still not getting me. It took sitting down with the actual game and just going, okay, let's just play it. Is that the actual game or is that, like, a, a version that they're taking to the press um, to show so, without the um, the tutorials in? So, as I understand it, it's the actual game because, okay. um, like, I was treated to here is, like, the start screen of the game with continue or new game and options and mm -hmm. I accidentally hit continue at one point and went into a save file that's clearly much later in the game and then, mm -hmm. like, it. this was clearly, like, you could probably play this build from start to finish. Like, okay. So, uh, the 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 tutorial things are in there clearly, but like, I think part of the problem is is when a a convention demo is obviously like, let's say you get fifteen minutes is like probably quite on the on the larger end of what you would get with a game. Mm. If you're having to do tutorials and you never get past the bit where the tutorials are, in order to go now, I can just play the game knowing the controls. Mm -hmm. 
a convention demo can feel quite stop and start. Yeah. Because it obviously doesn't last long enough for you to go, okay, now I know what I'm doing, let's just play the game. Yeah. So once I got to that point and was like, I can just play this uninterrupted, the flow of the whole thing made a lot more sense. Mm. Okay. But yeah, what about you? What you been playing? What you been playing? Uh, I played... <laughs> I played my favourite. Did you play the Katamari? I got to play Katamari Damacy Reroll. Yay! Thanks to someone lovely getting it for me. I wonder who that was. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was awesome. I spent all of Saturday, was it? just? I'm pretty sure it was all of Saturday. All while, Saturday. while I was like feeling poorly and having a nap on the sofa. <laughs> I rolled up the world. You played the entire of Katamari. Start to finish every single level and I, I finished it, saw both endings, enjoyed, got all the cousins. And then kept playing it some more. And then kept playing it some more. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing it forever because <laughs> Katamari games are brilliant. And ever oh. since the I got my Switch I've been saying like this would be brilliant with I, Katamari. Game. I remember here like seeing the trailer and being like, I've gotta tell Jane this is happening because <laughs> you had literally spent weeks like being like, they should have a Katamari on Switch. The the day before you'd been like, Oh, I wonder if there'll be a Katamari on Switch and the next day it gets announced. So like I I was aware you were kind of a fan. I, I wildly leapt around the house enjoying that and flapping and then playing it all day start to finish. And then playing it quite a lot of the next day, and the next day, and I'm probably going to play some more tonight. Yeah, you played some in bed before uh, the other night. Like you, you have been playing away. At I it. like Katamari games. It's that's it's so, that's Katamari a... Damacy. So it's one I've never played. It's the original one, as I understand, the uh, creator only didn't want to make any sequels. Yeah. Um. So it's nice to see like this was the real thing because yeah. I only played We Love Katamari before. <laughs> And and wonderful end of the world does not. It's it's no no. It does no. not do the thing. It tries, bless it. And it's also nice that um this is coming out on PC because before it's always been console. Yeah. So that's nice too for people like me who went. I want a PC one. A wonderful <laughs> end of the world isn't very good. And <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was awesome to play more of that. I will be playing more of that. I like the music. Lots of different styles in there. That was very cool. Really not sure about the uh, motion controls, though. No, no. <laughs> they they work. They're a bit fiddly. You could probably get used to them, I suppose. But I was um, no, we, not we, impressed. We played a little bit of the co- uh, the um the competitive split screen multiplayer. We did. That was a fun little uh, it was. side thing to do. It was. Yeah, I'm not sure how how much life you can get out of that because no. it seems like you've only got that one uh, like um, arena to play Yeah, in. they'll put different things in it but it's still run around a circle Yeah, make the bigger ball if you're mm-hmm. bigger than your opponent maybe roll them up Yep, <laughs> which is it was a bit weird the first time yeah. that um, you rolled me up and I was like what? what's just happened? Nah, help! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> and having to sort of flail my way out of there and then um and then on the second game, rolling you up like four times in the match. I was too small to reach any of the remaining food, and oh, you were just, you were just like, oh, I've got you now. I didn't, nom, even, nom, 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 didn't nom. even fight away the last time. I was like, I like is, being cuddled. This is futile. I cannot get anything more. I will allow you to use me to get bigger things. <laughs> yeah, you've been, you've been having fun rolling up the world. I love rolling things up, and I like... 
I really like that I can just duck in and go, I've got 25 minutes to spare. I'm going to go smallest to tallest. <laughs> it's good. It's, it runs really nicely on the Switch as well. It does. There's only a tiny bit of speed, uh, slowdown on, on loading. But, like, it's, it's not a lot. It's a text-based, on the text-based loading screen, occasionally you'll get halfway through a word and it'll load for a second and then finish loading that sentence. Uh, but it's always nice to hear the uh, King of All Cosmos talking in uh, record scratch. Oh. Can I just say, it's, it's really nice watching you talk about this. I imagine this is what it was like watching me talk about Pokemon, because you just got this big grin on your face the whole time, just like, ah, it's the game I like! It's, it's adorable. <laughs> what have you played? Uh, what else have I played? Uh, another VR game that I played Ooh. this week. Um, I started playing that Beat Saber. Oh yeah! Um, excellent drumming, gal. Doing yeah. excellent drumming. Um, so the idea of the game is that you basically you have your two motion controllers and they're basically lightsabers, and to the rhythm of some music, blocks will fly at you and they'll have an arrow and you have to slice them in the direction of the arrow. Uh, sometimes it'll be point-based and, like, the closer to the centre of the block you cut, like, the better your score will be. But it's generally lightsaber fight your way through a Guitar Hero track. And I really like that. Um, it reminds me a lot of, um, uh, not, it's not Audio Surf. It's, it's the VR game by the Audio Surf people that is about punching through the music. It's very similar to that, um... I had a lot of fun with it. It it it's it's a really good game. I've been doing some tough challenges recently. There was one where it was like across the whole track. It do, it you can you can only miss eight notes and you can only like hit eight notes in the wrong direction. And it was a very fast track. And it's like yeah, if you make either of those mistakes more than eight times, you you start over. That was that was a nice fun challenge. I wasn't very good at it. I had to have like three retries on the first level on hard. Yeah, you got through the first level well. Just about, yeah. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. It's if you've seen videos of people playing, it looks really like, and it looks really fun. It's as fun as it looks. <laughs> I would like to try it on an easier difficulty mode. And yeah, we'll have stuff. to set it up again. I I desperately want to play more of it. Like I might play some at lunch tomorrow, maybe, or uh, maybe some on Sunday if we've got time. I won't play more of this game. Hmm. What about you? Uh, well, well, I um last week's episode was the release date of God's Remastered, a oh. game I have attempted to play on stream before but would not load. Yeah, how'd you go on with that? Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It was a nice nostalgic blast from the past. It has some lovely quality of life upgrades. So it's it's a side-scrolly puzzle platformer. adventure platformer. It's a puzzle platformer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's 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 very nicely sort of. It's got some good quality of life uh, upgrade updates, as I said. It was originally invented for like one-button joysticks. So the mm. fact that you've got um. Something like you've got, I think, left trigger, right trigger, four face buttons, and obviously your, your directional controls. You can use analog or, or D-pad, which was nice. It's got prompts specifically for a 360 controller. They did nerf the butt, though. They did nerf the butt. 
I was very sad by that. That butt has been nerfed. That is really? no, no yeah. longer the wonderful butt it was back in the day. Uh, I showed you the butt. You were as, as butt expert. Yeah, no, you used to have like proper cheek wiggle going on, yeah. some asymmetry to the butt. You oh. had like a good cheek, cheek uh, and crack definition. And now it's just... Uh, it's just a pair of metal shorts that do not move. Yeah. They do not define the butt anymore. No. Um, it's nice to see that the levels uh, art style, it's really kept the sort of original Bitmap Brothers style. And I always felt like those games, you could spot a Bitmap Brothers game because there was always little elements that just ran through all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was it was nice to see that sort of really recreated as if in nostalgia vision, like... You know how you go back to games and go, it's always looked like this. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely had that. Until you got to the character models. Yeah. Um, The original, like, hero had was sort of lean and muscly. And, and, you know, looked like they had strength, but weren't chowing down on steroids all day and night. Whereas the new one is just... Just made of muscles on muscles on muscles and does look like he lives on bowls and bowls and bowls of steroids. I don't know how he has time for anything else but more steroids and, and, and getting ripped. Uh, those thighs are quite incredible. Um, but then you get to some of the monsters and like the... There's these weird bat things in the original that looked sort of menacing and, and cruel and now they look slightly cute and adorable but but still demonic um and then you've got some of the there was a, like a lot of creatures would be sort of half your character's size hmm. and they used to be sort of unique stocky looking uh creatures and now they just look like scaled down creatures of your character's size so i don't ah. know if they were purchased assets or or some like something's been done but it, they they just don't feel right compared to the rest of it and they don't seem to sit well in the world that's been created huh. so though those are my my main issues the 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 weapons look good the lighting effects look really nice the fact that it does that annoying floaty jump thing is fine because that's what was in the original game i still spend a lot of time running around trying to work out where exactly I would find, like, which version of the Switches, what order they need to be toggled in to get, like, treasure out of them. Hmm. Um, yeah, go read about it on stonemonkeyradio.blog where I put up a whole review. Um, the music wasn't the original music from the, like, Amiga PC Atari ST game. They... It's, like, a legally distinct version, and it's it's not good in that respect. So, not super impressed with those aspects, but overall, like, I, you can switch back to the original graphics, so you don't have to worry about any of those gripes. You still have access to all the funky buttons and things. Uh, you still have access to, like, continuous play, rather than having to go back and enter passwords when you run out of your two credits, as you used to. They've done a lot, and it's, I think they've done it well. Um, clearly, a, a, a tribute but lacking in some of the art assets, I feel. But yeah, mm. apparently made by one person and, and somebody they got somebody else into doing the music and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. What else have you played? 
Uh, I finally finished playing through another VR game, Pixel mm-hmm. Ripped. Uh, I think I've talked about this one on the podcast before. It's the one where you're basically playing as a young girl, playing like playing a video game in in like on a handheld that's in VR, but then like sometimes it unfolds around you in the world around mm. you, and you're doing the video game like jumping across the desk in school to shoot the big monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's very rough around the edges. It's very clear that this is a 3D game made by a a team that doesn't necessarily have the most experience with it. Mm. But I was willing to forgive a lot of its like minor shortcomings because there's a lot of heart to this thing. Like it's very mm. ambitious. It's constantly trying new things. Um I found myself very immersed in the world. Uh, the sense of scale and size is really interesting. Like, the the way that they make you feel like you are playing as a child by the perspective of objects. Like, mm. I, I, there's one level where you get brought into the head teacher's office and this desk is just much higher than you and you're having to sort of look up at everything. And it's just interesting the way that scale can be done in VR, but... Hmm. I've not tried that one, but yeah. it looked fun when you played it. We, I was almost co-piloting for you for a few times, like the first section in the, in the schoolroom. Yeah. Like, Tish is looking, come back. <laughs> yeah, so I could sort of focus a bit more and just sort of jump back when I had to. Tish is looking, Which felt like being back at school. <laughs> yeah, the... the the level, the one of the levels I was playing yesterday, this head, headmaster one, was actually really interesting because you basically had platforms that were essentially like built up of Tetris pieces falling Ooh. down in front of the teacher's window, and you had to like jump on them as they were falling to climb up, and then like jump on these TNT things to blow up the wall that the teacher happened to be near at that time to like deal damage to the headmaster. Cool. It it just all had a really good level of like ambition and sort of using the fact that you're in VR to blur the lines between game on the virtual handheld and game around you. Hmm. It it was a very interesting game. I'm glad I gave it the time that hmm. I did. Um, I don't know how often I'll go back to that one. I feel like I experienced it and I enjoyed it. Hmm. I would definitely like... It's one I might show to people if they wanted to get a feel for why VR was cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's a nice little game. Yeah. What about you? What else have you played? Well, we went out and did a board game night. Yes, yeah. we some, did. Some friends. Uh, so we had a go at that uh, cyanide and happiness game, Joking Hazard. Yeah. Yeah, I got a what I'm pretty sure is either a factory second or a knockoff version from Wish. It 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 was totally playable though. Totally um, playable. So for anyone who doesn't know, the basic idea is that you. It's kind of Cards Against Humanity-esque in that you have a prompt and you have to answer it. But instead of verbal prompts, the prompt will be the first two panels of a comic. Mm -hmm. And everyone then has to sort of try and do a funny third panel. Yep. Um, Sometimes there'll be words, sometimes there won't. But it was interesting. I, mm, I feel like it was more difficult to get a good laugh than Cards Against Humanity or, say, mm-hmm. A Bucket of Doom or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the the problem I found was there were too many variables that often meant that half of the cards in my hand wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if the setup of the first two panels is, like, 
person one says something, person two responds, and then, like, the setup is obviously person three should... Uh, person one should respond one more time. Mm. And it's like, ah, I only have a handful of person two, but I really need something person one related. Mm. You, sometimes just none of the cards I had made sense to use. Yeah. Like, Cards Against Humanity always, at the very least, like, the format of what type of thing the card is will usually, like, even if it's a shit answer, mm. it will make, like, grammatical or, yeah. like, sentence sense, which mm -hmm. I don't think this game gets. It does struggle with that sometimes, although the one, one thing I did like that from that that isn't built into Cards Against Humanity, though I have homebrewed a few times, yeah, was the, if a red card comes up, um, you can just trade away as many cards as you want from your hand and just get new cards. I, I, I like that as a thing. Honestly, when I'm if I'm playing a game like Cards Against Humanity or um or or this uh, Joking Hazard, I honestly want a house rule. It just no matter what, whenever, feel free to mulligan because like the the who wins and who loses element is a lot less important than getting people to keep laughing and yeah. I honestly think both of those games would benefit from if you've got nothing funny feel free to throw some of your cards pick some new ones up and, yeah. and try again and I know there is a thing where you can trade in one of your black cards for a a, a new yeah. hand but like it's I think it's more fun to just go just chuck them on the yeah pile. if you've just got a bad hand don't stress it just because the thing is like that game's no fun if you don't have a good card yeah. um like it's, I don't mind so much with say Bucket of Doom, because with Bucket of Doom at least like you're you have room to explain and to make a yeah. case for something. So if you've got a shit hand, but can be creative about it, you can make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's like that was a criticism of Joking Hazard, but we had some some good fun with that. We did. We had some very amusing comics came out of it. Yeah. We got some good laughs. Yeah. It's it's a funny one. I don't know if it's like a guaranteed laugh. It no. I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Like I I could see a game of that where you try to show it to a group of new people and you went the first three or four rounds without a good laugh and everyone there were too was too many erections in this indeed, game. And everyone was just like, um, okay, this isn't working. Like I yeah. could see that happening. Mm, yeah, definitely. But yeah. You played anything else? Another game we played that night, we had a go of Secret Hitler with seven people, six people? Uh, six people. Six people, yes. Yeah, it was good. It was the first time I've ever played it, so... Yeah, if, if any... I've watched it on stream before. Yeah, for anyone who's not heard, um, it's a game where you get a group of people together, uh, a larger group is better, and some of the people are liberals, some are fascists, and one person is Hitler. And the f Hitler and the fascists have to basically get fascist uh, ideas passed without giving away that they are the fascists and trying to go undetected. Basically, you have to try and pass um, laws. You can mess around with people by handing them cards and then lying about what you handed, handed them. Um, so there is that aspect of, like, who's playing who? Who is lying here? Why? Why is? And, and with larger groups, that becomes so much more a thing. Especially when, like, we had someone was just like, "No, nah, I thought it'd be more interesting to just 
imply that I was a fascist when I really wasn't. Yeah, well, like, the basic thing is, like, you'll pick up three cards that some of the, like, of a mix of fascist and, and liberal. There's more fascist than liberal, so you've got some deniability uh, involved. So someone picks up three cards, hands two of them to someone else, that other person plays one of them and you've either passed a liberal or fascist mm -hmm. motion, and then you start the, the lies and the subterfuge of... Oh, I gave you three. I, I gave you two liberal. Uh, I gave you one liberal and one fascist. Why did you play the fascist? Oh no, you actually handed me two fascist. Um, I had no uh, choice. Like it, who's telling the truth? Indeed, it's it's interesting trying to work out who you can trust. Um, yes. I I did manage to go one game undetected as Hitler. You did. I they, I I won that one because they made Hitler the chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Haha. Well, that's the thing. You don't know how, with whereas the liberals have to pass policies to get to the end. The fascists only have to pass three fascist policies and then get Hitler elected as chancellor. Yeah. If you can go three, if you can do what I did, which was get three fascist policies done, and no one's twigged that you're Hitler, and in, in fact, people very much think you're a liberal. It's because that's what happened in mine. Everyone was convinced, like. Oh, we'll give it to Laura. Laura's the one person we're confident isn't Hitler. <laughs> um, don't, don't give it away. It, don't give it away. It, it worked really nicely for me because two other people in the very first round threw suspicion on themselves. Yes. Um, so when it came round to me, I just passed a liberal policy and was like, <laughs> look at me, goody two-shoes playing a liberal policy. <laughs> and from, like, just as I was about to be made chancellor, Jane turns around and goes, Hang Wait on a second. A second. <laughs> but you were outvoted and I became Chancellor Hitler. Uh, it's, it sounds weird to talk about this game. Um, yes, and I think that is the, the real problem with the game. Like, it is weird to talk about. It's, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun as a party game. Yeah, it's weird to say I had fun passing fascist policies and coming into power as a fascist. Yes, especially but, in the current climate. Indeed. It's, fascism is not a joke, but in the context of this, it was fun to be undetected as a ob objectively evil person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I had fun with that. Yeah, same. I think we might have to try and play some of that when we have that big game yeah, in there coming up. Yeah, well, we, I need to sit down and cut out all the pieces, because I have another print-and-play copy. Uh, the version we were playing at the weekend I actually made for somebody's birthday a couple of years ago when I mm. had about £3 to my name. Aww. So I, I went to my local printing shop and got like a copy printed on fairly good quality cardboard and then stuck some sticky-back plastic over it to try and make it a bit nicer. Yeah. Yeah, we had lots of fun. Mm. Yeah. So, you played anything else? Yeah, I played some other stuff. Um... I think the main other thing I played is Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah. Smash, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which, um, oh my goodness, that's a lot of Smash Brothers in that game. It and it. I'm having a lot of fun. So if you've played a Smash Brothers before, it's basically the same. It's you, lots of items drop down. It's very chaotic. Do you, like, basic attacks or directional specials? Like, the most complicated a move will be to pull off will be press the B button and a direction. Um... And it's generally just a very hectic party game. It's a party fighting game. It's very quick paced. I've been having a lot of fun. Um, I've still not tried out all of the new characters. I'm unlocking everyone still. Um, I know some people have been quite down on the single player mode. Uh, it's called World of Light. 
it's basically pardon. It looked really good. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it. So the whole thing with World of Light is it's basically a bunch of themed battles that are made up to be like other characters who aren't on the the roster and they didn't like have enough development time to make all these thousands of characters into the game. So they're like, um. I'm trying to think of a, a good example right now. So there was a there was a mech from Metal Gear. Oh, Metal Gear Ray. Uh, Metal Gear Ray, yeah. Um, and the way that they made that battle was Greninja, uh, who is about the right shape, metal coated, so that they would be like they would look metal and also would be quite heavy and stompy around, and made them throw a bunch of uh, explosive projectiles, mm-hmm. like. It's a lot of using the assets they already have to create interesting challenge battles. Yeah. The um, Donkey Kong one you were doing earlier was quite good, where you had um, Peach Skinned as um, uh, Pauline. Yeah, Pauline. And then um, you had um, Mario and, and Donkey Kong bouncing around yeah. level as well. So it was, it was a, red, a red Princess Peach who was trying to run away, and then I had Mario and Don- Donkey Kong fighting to like defeat me, and I had to... Survive both of them and defeat Paula, uh, Pauline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a lot of content in there, and uh, the, the, basically when you beat these these matches, you'll get spirits that will power up your character in certain ways, and you can pick your loadout when you go into fights, and you can use these spirits to sort of undo the challenge of some of these challenges. Like you might have a character you come across who like will flip the screen so that your controls are reversed, but if you've got a spirit that can neutralise that, it can stop you having to deal with that part of the, the problem. Yeah. But I've been having a lot of fun seeing the ways that they've been using their existing mechanics to sort of create fights with new characters. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are very challenging, so I've been... It's been pushing me to play my very best, which has been really nice. Um... Yeah, I've been really enjoying Spirits Mode, which is the main way I've been playing it. Um, I've unlocked a couple of the new characters for this Smash Brothers. I've unlocked uh, Simon Belmont, who has a cool whip that you've got to... like the if, if enemies are too close to you, the whip won't do so much damage. You ideally want them like just at the right distance so the, the tip of the whip hits them. Hit them with the tip of the whip. <laughs> Uh, the Splatoon character is really good. They've got like a lot of their different weapon types from Splatoon. You've mm-hmm. got like the uh, the splat roller. Uh, you've got your sort of ink guns and things. And there's this whole set of mechanics where if you get an enemy covered in ink, they take more damage while they're inked. If you run out of ink, you've got to dip underground to soak more up. Mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying these new characters, and like this is going to keep me busy for a while. Yeah, the levels look really pretty. Yeah, it's a very pretty looking game, and uh, alert. Smash Brothers is the only fighting game I've ever been like halfway decent at. So I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll play lots of Smash, please. Yeah, I used to be pretty decent on Smash. Yeah, but like on Cube. Although I was only playing against the computer, so I don't know how true that is. I, I when I say I'm I'm alright, I'm like I can beat level nine enemies on the computer mostly. Sometimes it's alright. I'm I'm okay. Nice. I'm not terrible, but uh, yeah, I I'll have more to say when I've stuck more time in. But I'm enjoying Smash Brothers. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's everything I've played. That's everything I've played. <sighs> well then, time for this. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. 
Hi. 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 How are you? How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good, you know. I've uh, punched a few interns. It's uh, it's all been good. Ah, oh, it's always a good day when you can get a couple of interns punched before lunch. Yeah, sure. Punching before luncheon. A luncheon punching. Luncheon punching. So, I've got a new idea for games. Excellent. What do so, you got? Here's here's my idea. Here's sure. my idea. Um, so... If we, you know, we already have tools for, like, creating content in our game. You know, the, the design team use them already. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, here's what I'm thinking. We give players the ability to access creation tools. And we just let them make content. And we put a little bit in our world where we could just use their content without having to make it ourselves. Oh, yeah, sticking in that long-ass E-U-L-A at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That We can just, if we want it, we can, you made it in our game, we can just use it. Yeah. And then we just update our game with things that other people made that we didn't have to make. I mean, yeah, that, that seems like a brilliant idea. Yeah, so we just get them to, like, create assets and all sorts, and we'll just litter them around the world, and then we'll just say, we made this. Indeed. And, like, here's the genius thing, I think, about this, is if we pitch it, pitch it right... We've given them creation tools. That's that's added benefit. Yeah, their stuff might get in the game. That's added benefit. That's yeah. that's a positive. They 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 got to be in the game. And, and, and you know we don't have to whip quite as many developers. Oh no, we're still gonna whip the developers. I mean, we're gonna whip them, but there will be less of them, which means my arm will be a lot less tired. Well, see, I think we just like put that effort into whipping the ones we still have more. Definitely. I mean, I could probably take a whip in each hand at this point. Oh, that's brilliant. So. We make the community do the work. We sell that as extra value. It's, it's more value because they do the work. Nice, nice. Well, how about, like, if there's, like, really, really good stuff, we'll just uh, maybe just hike that out and stick it in a DLC or a, a microtransaction, you know, get the really good shit. Exactly. You know what we could even do? Just go find kids on Reddit that have invented skins and we'll just be like, yeah, we'll make your dream come true. We'll put it in the game. Free, Sign free here. stuff for us. Sign here, you can have 500 credits. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely worthless. You won't even be able to buy the thing that they made. Oh, fantastic. I think this is a fantastic idea. You are a fucking genius. Do you sometimes find the noise and chaos of a night out partying just a bit too much? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just need to decompress a little bit. Well, try... The Quiet Room, Ooh. a new room hidden in the nightclub or rave venue where the lighting's just a little bit less intense. Oh. There's comfy chairs, <gasps> there's less bass, oh. less overall volume, oh. and you can just catch your breath for a moment. <sighs> Try The Quiet Room. Just, you know, go away from where all the people are for a bit. It's not quite going home. It's the choice of not being on the dance floor without being the lame person who went home early. There's not even trains running home at this time of night. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you watched? Oh, what have I watched? Uh, we finished watching Castlevania Season 2. We did. I had a little cry. Yeah, it's it's a real good show, that. Yeah. Uh, I think its second season is a lot stronger than its first. Definitely, but I think it needed that to to make that work. Yeah, like, I feel like you could have a director's cut of that first season, possibly. Like, you could have had a tighter version of it that worked better, but yeah. it was, season one was, was like, it was, it was good, it was a little slow sometimes, but it was good. Season two is where it's like, 
Oh, okay, that's what you're doing with this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much like the dynamic between um, Trevor and um, Alucard. Yep, I loved the the way the combat stuff was done. Yes. All of those fight scenes were superb. Yeah. Comedy was really good. Yeah, I like the, the characters were re- interesting. Like for like even quite secondary characters had a lot to them. Yeah. And they were very interesting. There were, there were some very emotional moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they made me care about characters I didn't expect to care about. No. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to have a bit of a cry at the end there. Um, I say it was the end, it wasn't. It was the episode before the end. Yeah, I know what you're on about. But that dramatic thing, what do happen? Well, there was a couple of dramatic things what, what made me emotional in that finale. And then I want to know where they're going to go next with this. Yeah. Because it looks like they've got a third season. Oh, yeah. I am very up for a season three of this. Mm. And in fact, I require a third season. More Castlevania, please. Indeed. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? Well, I've not really watched a lot, a lot, you know. Only what we've watched together, really. Yeah. Um... I watched the Beyond Good and Evil trailer, Good and Evil Two trailer. Uh, was this the the three minute this one? This is the three minute one, as we opposed to the okay, not the uh, the twenty five minute one. No, um, not impressed. It feels like they've forgotten to put their Beyond Good and Evil in their Beyond Good and Evil game. Yeah, I watched the full twenty five minute thing, and it don't feel very Beyond Good and Evil. And this is what I've been worrying because it looks like a good polished open world game. It don't look like a Beyond Good and Evil. No, and like I, I've seen comments online, people are going, "Well, Beyond Good and Evil didn't sell very well, so it doesn't deserve like a a, a true sequel." Well, then don't call it Beyond Good and Evil. Make a new game exactly. that's a cool open world in space. I mean, like, don't Ubisoft call... didn't want to make Beyond Good and Evil too. Why don't just continue what they've been doing for the last god knows how long and not making one? Yeah. Rather than making this and going, oh, it's the thing, and, and getting all the everyone's hopes up, and then yeah. just doing not that. So here's what I took away from the full 25 minutes. Um, It's mainly focused on fighting. You've got a jetpack and a sword and a lot of guns, and it's a lot about augments, and what kind of augments are you going to put on your loadout? And yes. and how are you going to scout them out with the eyeglass to see what your enemy weaknesses so you can pick the augments to to beat them? Uh, also, there's co-op um, and it's an open world and you can rob a bank if you want because that that's in feeling with the theme of Beyond Good and Evil, a game about a photojournalist trying to take down an evil, um, corrupt government, alien, alien government. Like yeah, you, that. That's a series that would lead someone to rob a bank and shoot up the police, and I don't even know what this game is. It's Grand Theft Hillis. Grand <laughs> Theft Hillis. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things in that demo where I'm like, if that's real, and it's not just bullshit for a tech demo, that's that's an impressive tech thing you've done. Like. Mm-hmm. You can allegedly go up into space and like look down at the planet with your spyglass and see the traffic moving around down on the ground still. Not that there's a reason you would need to see the traffic moving, but if it's real, that's a that's an impressive tech thing, I and, guess. And you can go up into space while your friend stays down on the planet yeah. and they'll both be loaded. Yeah, but it's sort of just... it. It's an impressive looking open world sandbox in space that has the paintings of Beyond Good and Evil, but this is not... This is... I was the person that spent years, like, every... Like, there was a while on Podquisition where every episode I would go, 
where the fuck is my Beyond Good and Evil 2? Like, that was a running joke. It's almost like they've decided to punish you for it. Yeah, like, I was the person that was just continually begging, like, why are you teasing this and not bringing it to us? Where is my Beyond Good and Evil 2? And they gave it to me, and I'm now like... They didn't. Would I have been happier if they just hadn't? Because maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll get proven wrong. Maybe it will be the Beyond Good and Evil sequel that I want. But everything they're showing right now doesn't suggest so. And it's a prequel, I'm hearing. Uh, It's a prequel as opposed to a sequel, but also that's very unclear. They talked about in the live stream that every character you meet, and they said every character you meet, will be a clone. Now, I don't know what that means, because that's like, okay, you've shown Paige and Jade in trailers... Is it not actually the Paige and Jane we know? Are they clones of them? How does that work? Are we just in a different bit of space and this is like a mirror universe of clones? Like, It looks like an excuse to sell fucking microtransactions, to be yeah, honest. The, the whole it's all clones thing has got me thinking like, okay, so this isn't an actual incontinuity story. It's like... Ah, but at the end of this, we'll blow it all up, and it's okay, because it's not the... The original ones are over there. Or something. Yeah, it's... I don't even know. But the whole thing about the customizable ships and and getting bits for that, it feels like, well, there's there's an excuse to sell that. Oh, yeah, augments are going to be microtransactions. You can buy that. Get your special pre-order augments and your pre-order ship. A currency for in-game, a currency for buying ship bits, a currency for buying augments. Also, your player character isn't a defined character. They're a create-your-own character that you're playing as, so that'll be a thing. Like, I guarantee... I I would put money on it right now that there will be a microtransaction or a pre-order bonus to play the game as original game Jade. Like, that's... Ah, that's gonna you. be a thing, isn't it? It's gonna be the character model of original... And you won't be Jade. You'll just be wearing Jade's skin as a suit. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Because you, you, will, you will find Jade at some point, so you won't be Jade, but... I guarantee one of the versions of this game or an at-launch DLC will be play this game as Jade. Yep, get the Platinum Edition. Yeah. Get the Special Edition. Get the Jade Edition. Oh my god. I... This is the problem. I will buy that Jade Edition even if I know going in... Because I can't not play Beyond Good and Evil 2. I'm gonna pick it up and I will will get the Jade Edition. I hope they just send you a copy so that you don't have to (laughs) dignify it with expense. Ugh. Like... I I want them to prove me wrong. This is a challenge. This is a challenge, Ubisoft. If you think you can win me over as an original, like Beyond Good and Evil, my favorite game of all time. If you reckon you can convince me that I will, at the very least, quite like this game, (laughs) then like gauntlet laid down. I will like. I will very loudly proclaim from the rooftops that I was wrong. If you can prove that to me, I will fashion you a hat from pasta that you might eat it. Yeah, just like. Fly me out. Show me something that makes me go, oh, okay, this game does appeal to me, a fan of the original game. Because I ain't feeling it now. No. Uh, I mean, I've only played through Beyond Good and Evil, like, twice on GameCube, I think. Um, So, like, nothing recent at all. I think the uh, most recent I must have played that was about 2004. I think a couple of years ago, maybe 2016, I did a uh, full Let's Play, Mm -hmm. and... That game remains amazing, and I fucking love it. Yeah, 
I'm going to replay it again soon. Well, maybe we should play and replay it together because I quite yeah. like that game and we can take Maybe time. Maybe we could replay it during our couple of weeks off. We'll take a day and just yeah, like binge through it. I reckon we can binge through it in a day. Yeah. 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 You watched anything else? Not really, no. Neither have it's I, really. Been watching week. No, so you're very play week. Mm-hmm. So. <gasps> Alright, darling. Uh, hello. Uh, you look very intelligent from your pictures. I noticed that you have a lot of books on your on your bookshelf there, looking through your front room window. Uh, who are you? Well, you know, didn't have much luck on uh, that OkCupid thing, so I'm just, you know, trying it out IRL. Would you like to see a picture? No, thank you. I'll go on, have a picture. Uh, uh, that's a picture of your penis. So, sorry, oh, wrong, is that bad? Then wrong, the wrong picture. Here is a picture of my dog. It's a lovely uh, dog. That, you like dogs, right? Um, I'm the, more, first of all, I'm more of a cat person. And second, you sent me a picture of your penis. No, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Ah, uh, well, probably stuff you anyway. Oi, 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 you over there. Yeah, hello. Hello, darling. Hi. Hi, you look really interesting. Hey, you, you, you flicked your eyes over at me. I know you saw me. You can't just put me on red like that. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh, well, heck you then. Nobody likes anyone like that. You're being rude now, ain't ya? Ain't ya? Do you want to see a picture? How does your penis? Sorry, wrong picture. Uh, she liked dogs. Find me on OKCupid on Dave69420. Hey! That's both of the numbers, isn't it? Hey, 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 don't just leave me on red. Let's see a picture. Oh, hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for... Thank you for coming in. I know that this is a lot of... It's just a lot of effort to have to come into work. So I'm thinking... We're going to crack out our entire slate of movies for this year in one meeting, because then we don't have to come in again. Sure, sure. That seems like a great idea. So, so, you know, you know what we're all about. We make knockoff films for, they're going to end up in Poundland. It's fine. We'll make our money back. So, who's got ideas for film knockoffs that we won't get sued for? Lift. It's the story of an old guy who's lost his wife, and uh, he hangs out with some kind of a, 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 one of the guides or something, and they learn something about themselves. The, apparently the house just lifts up on, on like, a uh, small wing. <laughs> I like it. Okay, okay, I got one for you. Sure. Uh, it's Kill Will. It is about a female assassin that's going on a revenge mission to, you know, get revenge on, on someone who's wronged them. Yeah. But the person's name is Will. It's not, it's definitely not Bill. No, I mean, why would you, why would you... Why would I even say that? Okay. Yeah. You got any others? Cheery Toes. Um, it's the story of some, uh, like, some dancing penguins. Do penguins even have toes? I, I, I believe so. But we'll, we'll give, give them toes. toes. <laughs> exactly. We've got, we've got, like, three 3D animators. They've got a little bit of experience with, uh, like, some low-rent blender assets. I figure we can knock this out in about three months. I think as long as we have a shot at the beginning that shows the penguins definitely have toes and they wiggle them a bit and that's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got one. The Speedy and the Angry. It's about oh. people who go very fast in cars and have lots of rage-based emotions to get out. They're uh, very testosterone-fueled. They're speedy and angry, and that's definitely distinct from fast and furious. Exactly. I know somebody who can get us about 
60 Nissan Micros? Oh, brilliant. If we, like, paint them and stick a spoiler on the back, no one's gonna know. Absolutely. Maybe get some Hot Wheels and just zoom in real close. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do use a lot of model shots. Alternatively, again, as I say, we got some guys that know how to use Blender, so <laughs> we'll probably work something out there. Right, right. Got, got one last one, perhaps? The bad dream before Easter. Oh, brilliant! Tell me about this bad dream before Easter. It's it's about the uh, the people who live in the town where Halloween is made. They learn about the Easter Bunny and eggs and stuff. There's a bunch of songs, and then there's some kind of bug creature at the end that's all a bit spooky. But we'll keep it like PG. Don't worry. And there'll be lots of songs, and ultimately everyone learns a lesson. Uh, and and we've got um that Todd Barton guy. Who, who makes all the slightly edgy, uh, you know, looks like it wears a lot of turtlenecks and black and, and, um, and things like that. Brilliant. Okay. Now, if we put one of those out every two months, that's our year sorted. Brilliant. Well, that was what? Three, four minutes? Pfft. Who does work? Works for suckers. Works for the guys who know how to use Blender, right? Ha! <laughs> What have you listened to? Uh, the main thing I've listened to this week is uh, Spotify did a thing where they were like, hey, here's the top 100 songs you've been listening to this year based on order of what you've listened to most. Mm -hmm. So most of this isn't going to be new, but it's just me talking about like... Greatest hits of 2018. Yeah, I guess... Great, greatest hits. So I've just got to find my... Uh, here it is. Top songs 2018. So uh, my number one played song of this year was uh, Creative Drug by Nowhere or Now Here. Mm -hmm. That one what I've mentioned a few times. Very much like that song. Um, number two, IDGAF, I Don't Give a Fuck by Dua Lipa, which that has become my go-to. Like, if I want to psych myself up and be like, don't care what the world says, I'm gonna fucking do this thing. Like, that's the track I go to now. Mm. It's a very good one. Um, no Care by Daughter, which was from... It It was from Life is Strange Before the Storm. When we played through that, it was the sort of rockish track that... It came on and I was like, oh, I, I, need, to, I need to grab this one. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been when they were riding the train together. Yeah. It might have been then. Uh, so there's there's my top there's my top three. Um, what about you? You talk about some things you've listened to. Um, we listened to the finale of the second arc of Adventure Zone Amnesty. Ooh, that was good. It was good. I'm very hyped. I'm really liking this season. At first, I was like, well, I'm not. I don't not. I don't know Monster of the Week that well, so I was a little bit <laughs> cautious. But I'm really enjoying it. Griffin it's... is weaving wonderful worlds again. Griffin is very good at um, at weaving tension, and mm -hmm. uh, he, he do a good job. Yeah, it took me a little while to get into this cast of characters um, compared to... Like, with Balance, the first arc took a, like wasn't their strongest, because obviously they were playing off an existing campaign and stuff, but I feel like this one, it took me a little longer to, to get the characters. Mm -hmm. But where we are now, I'm fucking loving the the mystery and intrigue. Yeah, definitely. There are some there are some mysteries bubbling and some consequences happening that I'm all mm. about. Yeah, definitely. I I'm keen for more. Always keen for more. Yeah, yeah. 
Have you listened to anything else? I'll give you a couple more tracks off of me, uh, me most listened to. Do it. Uh, Black Eyes by David Wersig. The Modern Mary, The Good Life. Uh, Dead Bird, McCafferty. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Whoa, Whoa by Watsky. And Flip the Script by Prithpal. Yeah. There's some of me top ones. Ooh, Afterglow. Afterglow hey. by Wilkinson made it in me, me top numbers. Uh... I'm trying to see if there's anything particularly notable that got in there. A Song About Why I Suck by Will Wagner, which I think I've talked about on here before. Mm-hmm. It's very high up. Uh, Girls Like Girls by Hayley Kiyoko, because sometimes you just need a really gay jam. Gay! Oh, you just need a like, girls loving girls jam. Yep. Um, and then Happy Home, Keep On Writing by Yay. Kimmy Dawson is like quite high up on there. Mm-mm. So... Yeah, there you go. If anyone's intrigued, I can send a link so you can see my whole top 100 if you want to. Maybe I'll post that on my Twitter um, so you can. If you want to hear what my year sounded like, there's 100 tracks. Nice. Yeah. Uh, is that everything you've listened to? No, I listened to uh, a remix of uh, Aretha Franklin's Respect, uh, the Funky Bass remix by DJ Soul Rising. It's really nice and glitchy. I like it a lot. Uh, and uh, DJ Fresh, Louder, the Drum Sound and Bassline Smith remix. Mm. Nice, really speedy drum and bass. Really very... Gets the blood going. <laughs> it's good to work out to as well. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're going for a good old cardio. Um, you listen to anything else? Only other songs off me top 100. Uh, Telephone by Lady Gaga made it quite high up. I enjoy a good track about like ah screw it I'm leaving the world behind and just having fun for a night. That's oh, that's that's the thing. There we go. That'll do. Is that everything we've listened to? No. <gasps> what have you listened to? I listened to the Poday soundtrack. Do you oh. we started playing Poday a while ago? Yeah. It's yes. also by Austin Wintry. Austin Wintry make good music. I know. Oh, it was a game we struggled to get through, but yeah, I would like to try going back to that at some point. Yeah. It was very pretty and it had a good soundtrack, can confirm. Yeah. Yeah, more of that. Um, and the only other one I've listened to this week is um, Scream's Let's Get Ravy remix of In for the Kill. Uh, by LaRue, I believe. It's the um, Judge Dredd or the Dread movie yeah. remix version. Really dubstepy. <laughs> Very nice and dark. I definitely recommend that if you can find it. I think I got got it off of SoundCloud in the end. It's good. Mm-hmm. Nice wubs. Slightly dreamy vocals. Mm. Makes me want to watch Dread again. Why not? We'll watch it together sometime. So. (gasps) I think it's time we turn to the boffins in the science lab to see what they've come up with. Uh, um, yes. So, we need to, uh, stop the asteroids coming towards Earth, and, uh, we've got a, uh, very scientific explanation of how we're going to do that. Um, so, we have a, the, the, the big, uh, laser, and it's going to swirl all the laser around and make it very strong and then it'll fire it at the, the, the asteroid. It contains blastotrons in there which are very good at destroying the the the, uh, the mineral the asteroidium the ast- asteroidium minerals the asteroidium minerals within the uh, the asteroids. Well uh, how are you planning to stop the uh, the giant lizard thing that's attacking Tokyo? Um, um, so we have, um, a 
chemical that's going to cause its um oh god um uh its atoms is they're made of atoms right right yeah, yeah. It's atoms to break apart it uses radioactivity to break the atoms apart and then they uh, spread further apart and and break into pieces just small tiny pieces of atoms and they'll just be lying around and then then we will have defeated the big lizard and what about those interdimensional uh the the the, the things the aliens coming through um we're Going to uh, use the laser. Did we already say laser? We've used laser. Uh, uh, have we said atoms? Nanobots. We're going uh, to use nanobots to close the. What was it? A wobbly gate. The timey wimey wibbly wobbly TARDIS. What? Those are words. Not that we've been watching that while uh, we, no. we're supposed to be doing research on how to defeat the aliens. Not that we were using that as, as re- no. research. No. Um, we'll reverse the polarity, polarity of the neutron, of the neutron, flow. neutron flow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Um, well, that, uh, that all seems quite interesting. Uh, I look forward to your results. Uh, I better get back out on the, the with the battlefield with this uh, big pow, 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 pow gun that you filled with Explodium X. I'm uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to you taking on those aliens. This is a Nerf gun, isn't it? No. All right then. Do, do you think we got away with that? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. He has no clue that we don't know what size is, right? No. But anyway, let's get back to watching Doctor. Yeah, it's fine. We'll finish the season before the asteroids crash down. Yeah, we fine. It. It's fine. There's literally no hope. <laughs> Now, Class 4E will tell the story of Unicorn Dance Party. Once upon a time, there was a unicorn. And it spent the whole summer partying and dancing and having a wonderful time. <laughs> but then it all got very tiring, and then the winter came. Ooh. Oh, it's the winter! I am the spirit of winter! Oh no! And, and I come to make all the dark and all the cold, so everyone is, is very, is very, it's okay, it's the lunch. It's very scared and, and dark and cold. And because it was the winter, the unicorn couldn't go out and party because it was very cold and going to and from parties is bad in the cold, in the dark and the winter. I am the unicorn. I have spent all summer dancing and now I am tired. But I wish it wasn't so cold and I wish it wasn't so dark. I miss the sunshine. So the unicorn had an idea to have a party at home. That's the unicorn dancing at the party. It's too cold in here. And so and so the unicorn wanted to get rid of the spirit of winter. But how could it do it? Oh, whatever am I going to do? And then the unicorn went out into the woods and it found the spirit of winter and there was the spirit of winter and it was mean and angry and made a big noise and the unicorn tried to scare it away. The unicorn tried to scare it away with a kick to the 
Oh, that's that's a bit rude. I will kick you with my back legs right in the googlies. <gasps> oh, oh, I was like, oh, oh. And then the spirit of winter slowly hobbled away. And over the coming months, it got lighter and more fun. And to celebrate the spirit of winter going away, they decorated all the pointy trees to look like the unicorn horns and everybody danced around. Yay! That is the story of the first unicorn dance party. It is why every year we dress up our house very colourful and have a party. Thank you, Class 4E. Question time. Stop the questions. What's the questions? Uh, Andy Vine would like to know why isn't Ridley thick? Like, uh, why isn't Ridley as thick as all the other Daddy Dom villains in Smash Brothers Ultimate? Because occasionally you need a lanky Dom villain. <laughs> you gotta give something for the people who like a lanky Dom. Some people do like a good lanky Dom. <laughs> Uh, Seth Turner would like to know, are either of you still playing Fallout 76? I never started. Uh, mm, I started. I played enough to have a uh, critic's opinion and I stopped playing as soon as I could to go back to Pokemon. <laughs> and what do you think of all the people that are mass applying for refunds? If uh, it's that bad, why not? I, I can't blame them. It's, a, it's, a, it's buggy. It's not as promised. It has very little content and just the more that goes on with it, the worse it gets. It's not looking good for him, is it? Mm. No. Hashtag do not recommend. Uh, Anonymous would like to know. Uh, so I'm a semi-closeted bisexual and I'm afraid to come out at work. But at the same time, I believe that increased visibility would potentially help out any other closeted folk at work. I am conflicted. What should I do? It's obviously tough without knowing this person's specific situation. I would say, like, there, there is, there is value in invisibility, but never, never feel that you have a duty to be visible if you don't feel comfortable being yeah. so. Like. Your comfort and safety has to come first, and only when you feel you are comfortable and safe to do so should that that conversation of would this help other people happen. Yeah. I mean, you should never feel that you have to hide yourself. Yeah. But sometimes if it is a safety issue, then I understand why. But uh, do it for yourself, and do it because you feel comfortable with it, not because you feel you should, or... You feel you owe anybody else anything? You, you, you be you first. Let the loud and proud people do themselves. If, if that is what they are are happy doing, it's not for everyone at all. Yeah. Right. Let's see. Uh, hi, Drob on Twitter. Oh, hi, Drob. Thank you so much for the art you did. Uh, middle-aged woman shouts at Cloud <laughs> about a nerfed butt. Uh, which was from my stream uh, on Wednesday last week. Uh, Drob would like to know, if you could eat lunch with one famous person, who would it be? Hmm. It's got to be Gerard Way. Fucking soundtrack to my, like, teen and young adult years. It's got to be. I'm Gerard Way. What about you? You got an answer? Um... There's this, like, writer I'm really fond of that I, I'm, I'd be very happy to have lunch with. Um, she's got sort of blue hair. I, I can see that <laughs> smirk on your face. 
face. <laughs> I knew where you were going. I'd love go, to go on, give an answer that's not me. Oh, uh, Jim, I guess. Jim would be actually, yeah. Well, I'd have lunch, lunch with, with or on Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to have lunch with Jim because I still need to meet Jim. Four years into podcasting with him. Well, one day he will be sorted enough that he can get over here and and come say how how well for a while. <laughs> I had a, a sudden whole speech issue there. Uh, Becky <laughs> Two here would like to know, uh, tell me a recipe or food combination that I'm unlikely to know, but will appreciate, for example, golden syrup and cheese is awesome. Really? Apparently so. You the, don't like cheese. No, so. The only food combo thing that like I think is awesome that a lot of people have never tried is Marmite and peanut butter together. Um, the peanut butter is like enough to offset some of the saltiness, um, gives a nice texture thing with the, the crunch in there. It's... It is a nice combo, I reckon. Hmm. Have you got a food combo? Um, I quite like um, pickled onion and um, sriracha sandwiches. I don't know if that's an odd combination. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Marion would like to know, what is the last movie you saw in theatres and what did you think about it? And do you see movies often? We haven't seen a film at the cinema for a while. No, I feel like it was Avengers. I don't think we've seen anything in the cinema since Avengers. Oh, Solo. Uh, was that after then? Uh, I think that was before. That was, uh, I have, uh, mm. was Deadpool 2? Oh, yeah, that might have been more Deadpool recent. 2 was more recent? Yeah. Yeah, we've not wow. seen anything in the cinema for a while. And there was some good things I wanted to see this year as well. Yeah, we need was to... get out this year? I wanted to uh, I think that was last year, oh. I think. <laughs> That's how far behind I am. We, we have a list of things we need to watch when we can watch them in our home. We've not been to the cinema in a bit. Yeah, we've been been homebodies a bit for a while. Well, we've, we've been out, just not to the cinema. Yeah, but even, even like when we've like been watching films we've sort of stayed in I suppose we had some catching up to do we had like a while we caught up on some of the Marvel movies I hadn't seen yeah so we've watched movies we just haven't really felt any great need to go out for them yeah um do we go see movies often we watch movies often but we don't go out to do them I guess uh Tricky would like to know space space gotta go to space space uh, name the best thing you can do in the final frontier. Um, I did, do you have an answer for this? Uh, well, I was gonna say oral sex, but um, also um, fully automated luxury gay, gay space communism. Yeah, that works. I like that answer. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best thing you can do in in the final frontier. Um, Slavic Slenderverse hipster would like to know. What was the best Game Awards moment, and why was it Sonic Fox receiving Best Esports Player of the Year? Um, because he's awesome the, and a furry, the, and it was adorable. There are two moments from the. There are only two moments worth watching from the Game Awards. Um, one is Sonic Fox winning the Best Esports Player and doing his uh, nervous acceptance speech in his first suit, and then being like, "Ah, I'm a black gay furry. Fuck you, conservatives." Yeah. Uh, and B is watching. Um, Anyone who is into Smash Brothers react to the Joker in Persona, uh, Joker from Persona Five coming to Smash announcement because that blew some fucking minds. But I think that's more a case of watching other people watching the Game Awards rather yeah. than the Game Awards itself. Well, here's the thing: I watched that bit and I got very excited. I 
I think if I'd watched it live, I'd have lost my shit at that. And I've been what I've been enjoying watching people's live reactions, not knowing it's coming. I've not played the Persona game, so I just went, oh, yeah, it's a, one of them. It it is my favorite JRPG I've played in a few years. Like I want to go back and replay it soon. I have cosplayed as a character from it. Isn't uh, that the slightly transphobic one? Uh, it's occasion. It, there is one moment in Persona Five that's a bit homophobic, and it's that's a fucking shame. Uh, it's it's JRPGs. JRPGs are never great with LGBT characters. Mm. It's not. Uh, I don't think there was anything transphobic in it, but I played like 150 hours of that game, and it is stylish and has an amazing soundtrack, and I fucking love all the characters. I cosplayed Futaba, and and that was one of my favorite cosplays I've done in a while. You looked very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox all the way. Go yeah. Sonic Fox, more Sonic Fox, please. Yeah, that feature's adorable. I was like, mm-hmm. you're not into esports, all the game awards, but like, I sent you that link because I was like, you're going to love this. Also, I loved all the adorable Sonic Fox fan art that came out of that. <laughs> Tee hee hee. Um, soft friend, hello, soft friend. We'd like to know if you were going to make a movie, what kind of movie would you make? I have no idea. I've really not thought about it ever. Have you got a movie you'd like to make? I've always wanted to make a horror movie, specifically a zombie movie. Um, I'm trying to remember which film it was. I think it might have been something like Land of the Dead or possibly the Dawn of the Dead remake. Or Yeah, remake, I guess. Um, there was a bit on there talking about how they zombie-schooled all of their um, zombie actors and like talking about what a zombie looks like walking or running or what they look like when they're turning and why they look like that and I then I think I was up at like 4am because I was supposed to be moving house Hmm. so I'd put it on in the background and then sort of ended up going I'm gonna go out for a quick smoke and just wandering around the streets in the mist at 4am practicing my zombie walk practicing like what it would look like to do this and I was like this is brilliant I would love to make a like zombies in the mist type film like because mm. they're pretty easy to do if you can get just a bit of makeup you just have to have uh, an actual story to wrap around it because it's never really about the zombies it's about the people stuck in the zombies yeah but yeah I mean after having watched um I think it was called Hell. It was a, a a Greek zombie movie. I think it's Greek anyway. It looked like Greek characters in the um in the in the sort of world text. Um a lot of that is sort of single room stuff like almost almost no set required whatsoever. Like it's a small concrete room. Lots of talking. <laughs> The only thing that they had any budget for in that film is at the very, very end of their rule in a sports stadium and the camera just pans back and back and back and back. I'm guessing it was a helicopter taking off. (laughs) And it looks like they've got the whole city in to help them out as extras to just rush towards the central point. (laughs) And it is an incredible shot. But yeah, uh, I like zombie movies and I I think they're easy to do relatively low budget. I already have pretty much all the makeup I would need to make a good few interesting zombies, and uh, I'm I'm not a bad zombie mover, or I wasn't a few years ago. Hmm. What about you? Any ideas? Uh, I really don't. I'll help you with your film. Yay! <laughs>
Um, what would be, what would the EP of your life have on it? Five songs or less. Okay, five songs or less. Hmm. I'm putting on there. Uh, Keep on writing. Happy home mm-hmm. by Kimya Dawson. Uh, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Um, the Jet Set Life is Gonna Kill Ya by My Chemical Romance. There's three. I'll see if I can think of two more if you get... Mm-mm. Mm. Yeah, that's three. I might have to think about if there's any more. Let me... I'm gonna have a look through my hundred songs of the year and see if any others jump out as like, aha, yes, of course. Because I feel like it's got to be something that has stuck around in my life for many years. Like, it, I don't feel like it can be something new that no. I like. Um, wow. I'm thinking it's got to be something from the Tank Girl soundtrack, which was like my teenage years, listening to the, the Tank Girl soundtrack on repeat. Um, so probably Portishead Roads or Veruca Salt Aurora. Both really stick out on that album. Um, I would probably need some Iron Maiden to also cover like my earliest bits of getting into music full stop. Um, so, oh god, uh, Flash of the Blade was the one I particularly remember off of there, Mm. just because it's really driving. Um... Uh, and then, like, we get into the, like, silly jump about drum and bass stuff, I think. Yeah. So things like, uh, Crafty Cuts, um, Feel Like Jumping, uh, Kitten and the Hip Relaxez-Vous, the Barton Baker remix, mm-hmm. and, oh, I don't know, I need something a bit more emo. I've, I've got a fourth one to add on mine. Oh, oh. Um, Untitled by the Homeless Gospel Choir. Ah. Uh, specifically the version you can find on YouTube that was recorded live in Portsmouth in, I think it must have been 2016, mm-hmm. as a because that one is just him and an acoustic guitar as opposed to the other layered instruments and vocal effects. Mm-hmm. Both versions are fine. That's the version, like, I was in the room for that recording. I've never cried. Like, I've never had a track I've never heard before make me cry the way that one did. Um... That is a fucking that is a fucking track. That one. Um, I try to see. Do you want to think? Have you got my a last one? Would be I'm not one? okay. I promise. I'm not okay by My Chemical Romance. Yes. Uh, I feel like my fifth one might be another My Chemical Romance. Yay. Um, ah, uh, the question is which? There are too, there are too many. Um. Well, yeah. James pointed out the uh the the um famous last words tattoo I have. That particular line is incredibly important to me. I don't know if that'd be the one I would want on my EP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd want something more optimistic. Um, the Kids from Yesterday, which was um, towards the end of Danger Days, I might say. Um, it's not even necessarily my f- favourite of their tracks, but it is a very strong track that has a nice, uplifting, like, we got through this and we're going to be okay and we'll, we'll keep going sort of feel to mm. it. So I think that's my five. Okay. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy with that as as the EP of me. Yeah. Yeah. You got any other questions? That's all the questions. <gasps> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? 
Wanna see some more of them brochal justice warriors? Brochal justice Brochal justice warriors? That's the one. Alright, hey. Alright, Barry. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You know, just the absolute shambles going on in Parliament oh, at the moment. It's, it's a proper, it's a proper nightmare. Well, it was, you know, day, day before we, this conversation, what were happening, someone stole a mace in Parliament the other day. It, yeah. It, it was the... The end of a day of ridiculousness. Yeah, and then it's slightly terrifying the fact that you had uh, Tory MPs shouting disgusting at that, but, uh, you know, we're quite happy to vote for, for sanctions and benefit cuts yeah. and, and uh, universal credit and so forth. Yeah. Like, watching this all all unfold, like, it seems pretty obvious a couple, couple things. Yeah. Uh, Theresa May's Brexit deal just isn't going to work out, is it? Like, it just doesn't have the backing. No. It's, it's a bad deal anyway, but, like, it's not working out. And I like, mean, to be honest, if we just avoid... Just just stop Brexit altogether, that'd be nice. Well, exactly. But, like, watching watching parliamentary debates, it's, uh, it's quite clear Theresa May would rather the country go down with a, in a sinking ship than she would... Admit she was wrong about something. Yeah. Because, right. like, I, I, you know, it's totally wrong, but I think I can almost understand where it comes from, which is, if at this point, you know, the Tories back down and go, okay, we were wrong, there's no Brexit, a lot of their base are never going to support them again, which, by my book, is a bloody good thing. The way I see it, I don't think they have any intention of cancelling Brexit. I think they would happily screw the entire country over because well, most of them have managed to move their assets over well, exactly. offshore. Like, most all, of them won't be affected by it at all. They're all rich fucks who can afford. Like, you know, when when we get to that point, what was it they were saying the other week that uh, post-Brexit we might have to uh, have the government ration how much medicine can be given out, not doctors deciding how much medicine you need, government going, nah, we can't afford to give you that much. Have half of your meds that you need. Yeah. Like, shit like that. That's not going to affect, like, you know, Theresa May. No. She's going to be able to pay for some, for, you know, medicine if she needs it. It's, yeah. it's, she can afford it. It's the average person what can't pay for it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's always going to be the, the people that were conned into voting for Brexit in the first place. Something that they originally said was advisory. And now it's suddenly become the will of the people, you know, and, and it's 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 always been quite convenient. This is coming in the same time as the uh, uh, anti-tax dodging laws were being brought in in the European <laughs> Parliament. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, one of the most corrupt cities on the planet has ended up, uh, you know, helping supporting this whole thing about you know, just just no. We we need to keep our tax havens. We need to do all this. Uh, we need to get rid of the European Court of Human Rights and replace it with a British Bill of Rights that will only apply. You know, we won't apply in trivial cases, yeah. whatever that may be. Well, that's, it is the is the thing. It's like it's very clear. If we have a No Deal Brexit, the country's fucked. Like, there's no coming back from that. Like. And, and, you know, Theresa May's counting on that. She's counting on, like, as much as at the beginning she was like, uh, you know, no deal's better than a, a bad deal. She's now like, no, a bad deal is better than no deal, so take my bad deal. It's like, no, no. If we can't get a good deal, like, 
we can unilaterally, as a country, without needing the rest of the EU's uh, approval, we can cancel Article 50. We can just back out of Brexit. Yeah. And, you know, given the state of the uh, currency at the moment, it might be a good idea to just look at that. The problem is our, our only real opposition, the one they thought was the chosen one, the Jedi of choice, has turned out to be a bit of an Anakin and is still very much for, well, I would have a better version of Brexit. It's like, no, Jeremy... Could you just fucking stop? Well, see, here's the thing. It's like, there's this whole argument of, no, the people have spoken, we shouldn't have a second referendum. I'm like, the very fact that it's very demonstrable that the Leave campaign lied about, you know, what leaving would do, very demonstrably, people, it was a very close vote, and a lot of people voted on very clear lies told by Leave. Like, yeah, they've been that, found in contempt. So. Indeed. That should be enough to go, you know... Maybe that 1% or so difference might, you know, might have been affected by those lies. Let's redo the referendum to see what, you know, what the will of the people is when you've not got buses driving around saying it's going to give 350 million extra to the NHS. Yeah, and they are, some sections of leave are still trying to pedal that there will be some payout for, for the NHS. Oh, no. As a result of this. The like, NHS is getting cut left, right, and centre, and it's only going to get it's worse. It's going to be privatised along with everything else. They are selling this yeah. country out from under its people. Well, exactly. Like, you know, honestly, if leaving would like actually fix the NHS's money worries. I've got some. I know some people who could definitely do with more money for funding for their medical needs on the NHS. Yeah. But it was a very clear lie from the start. Well, not only that, you have the problem with the fact that it's now massively understaffed because people are afraid to come in from the EU. Well, you know, it's, it's getting worse. They're pushing EU people out. And then hiring in people from other countries to, like, fill the gap. It's like, just let the EU people in. Let the people who we already had here, who understood the systems... Indeed. We don't have to retrain them. Exactly. Like, don't don't fly people over and pay them, like, bonuses for going out of their way to get them here. Just let EU people who want to work here, work here. Yeah, and, you know, look, let's not forget all the, the, the British pensioners who buggered off to Spain and somehow managed to get a vote on leave anyway... The number of them that voted leave oh, exactly. and will suddenly find themselves having difficulty with where they're living. Well, exactly. Because I reckon a lot of those people were like, oh yeah, keep foreigners out of the UK. Oh wait, what? I voted to not let me. What do you mean? I'm a foreigner. I'm a foreigner in How a... How dare you? Oh, I'm British. Oh no, I'm British. British isn't foreign. It's, it's normal, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, there, there, there is that concept, isn't it? The whole yeah. normality. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing's been tiring. Like, it has definitely. Like, Theresa May, like, we just need her to go, you know, t- take the bite of the, you know, the hit to her pride and just go, yeah, we fucked up. I would like it's... her, I would like her to take responsibility for the thing. You know, if she wants to be a leader, be a fucking leader and, and, and say, no, this was wrong. And by the way, most of my party is completely corrupt. Well, look, even if she was to just go, I'm not doing this because it's the will of the people. I'm doing it because it's in my best interest. At least there'd be some fucking transparency. Like, yeah. that, that'd be something. The mask has slipped. Your puppet masters have had enough. Yeah. They're just going to be honest now. Uh, the, you know, the fact that, like, within weeks of Brexit being, like, the, the vote being declared, and, and like, me tr- talking up to, to people that I encounter, that I would not consider for acquaintances... People who had voted to leave 
once I've actually explained what the consequences are, very quickly they're all like, what? I, I, I had no idea about this. I wasn't told anything about this. I thought it was... Uh, something that it wasn't in uh, so many cases I thought that it, just didn't understand. I thought it was free money and I wouldn't have to start using euros. I've I've heard people who said they did it for a laugh because they knew it was a foregone conclusion that it would go oh, the other way. Yeah, no, like the number of people who voted leave because they're like just just to show up the government and to you know you know be you know just to just to make a mockery of them. Oh shit, it happened. Yeah. And now, like, our economy's tanking. It's like, no, you you fucking did this. Even the intelligent people I know who thought about it, you know, with the 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 assets they had at hand and thought about it in a, in a less than, like, oh, I didn't really understand the concept kind of way and voted leave. Even they are now saying, actually, no, we, it, was, it was all wrong. Yeah, it's almost like we maybe should have listened to those economists who, before Brexit, were like, hey, the economy is our job. It's just going to fuck up the economy. It is, hilariously, a bit like that. It's a bit like that. Yeah. I need that hug. Definitely. Time for a hug. Oh, please, mate. Oh. State of the world. State of the world. Still, looking forward to Unicorn Dance Party. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. You doing much for Unicorn Dance Party? Oh, uh, we've got a smoke machine in. Nice. Some nice. some some lights. Yeah, yeah. It'll be proper good. Yeah, yeah. And get all sparkles, you know, or go where everyone wear their horn, their ceremonial yeah, horn. Unicorn one the Absolutely. UDP is a very special time for oh. for uh, for everyone. Oh right. Good hang mate. Uh, I need to go have a nap. Should we have that uh that cup of tea? I'll, I'll have my decaf again. Yeah, yeah have your decaf. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Laura, where can we find you on the internet, darling? Where can you find me? You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, 95 at You can find my books on the internet. Um, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is on Unbound. You can still get that with backer rewards and various pledge levels. There is also uh, Uncomfortable Labels, which is coming out in July 2019, so... Look forward to that. You can pre-order that on some places on the internet. Uh, other than that, I'm on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained stories. You can just jump in when, wherever. I think that's about it. Yeah. Where, where are you on the internet? I am Maniac Janiac on YouTube and Twitter. I'm twitch.tv slash Janiac. I can be found, or, or I will be able to be found, on uh, Curiosity Epidemic, which is an upcoming D&D podcast. Uh, I will be playing a uh, Furbolg Druid, and, um, and we're going to investigate some stuff. It's some, some very interesting characters. I spend a lot of my downtime trying to write jokes to come up with in my next few lines. <laughs> So I had lots of fun with that um, and and stuff. So yeah, the adventures of Trees, Latonk and Enough. And and find all about those characters fairly soon. I am also on SoundCloud.com as Jane Eris Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Um, I've run out of breath, so I think that's all the things I'm on. Lana! Yeah! Sing us out. Until next time, be a stranger.